Hi everyone, I'm Caitlin DeBeer from The Unpodcast. And I'm Rebecca Kayward from Wellbeing Company by Becky Co. And this is our monthly duo podcast. We are sister-in-laws to V, and we're lovers of holistic well-being. And whilst we run separate podcasts, we're so excited to be collaborating on this and to share snippets of our personal journeys within this well-being space. We hope to inspire and leave you with actionable, accessible, and hopefully fun ideas that you can take and apply to your own life and make work for you. Cool. Hi, Beck. How are you? Hi, Katie. I'm so well, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I think end of the year is just chaos for everyone, but I know I'm not alone. Um, so, but good. Good otherwise. Yeah. How's London weather? Good. I mean, it's freezing and chilly and quite dark, but um, it's all part of December and it's quite festive. There's lots of Christmas decorations going up mm-hmm. and um, lots of mulled wine and fun things happening. So it's, um, it's actually a lot of fun. I love London in December. Mm, yeah, I think that sounds, I mean, obviously with it being summer here, it always sounds so appealing, these like cold winters. But I know when you're in it, it's not as much fun. Um, the prospects are amazing. No, exactly. And this, as you say, this time of year is crazy. I mean, there's just like a social event every evening. There's like work get-togethers. For you, there's kids stuff. There's closing off things. Um, people mm-hmm. are like madly scrambling to try organize everything before they go away, close off the year. So it's, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> I hear you. And I think that's why it's so important to have, I don't know, these kind of, recordings i suppose from our side that it benefits both of us by just processing stuff but also um to to give content on like how we reflect and um yeah i suppose just a little view into our lives and and encouraging others to do the same absolutely absolutely cool yeah so we're chatting teenagers um, well, at least we're going to start there um, and i know i know for me i find like the older that i get and I suppose, as I watch my kids as well as they're growing up, I find myself reflecting so much on my time at school um, and even early last two days. And I know, so you and I are two years apart. I think we're three years apart at school, but two years apart. So you 28, I'm right there. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> so big. Um, and I'm 30, even bigger. Um, but yeah, we've obviously known each other big for about six years or so that you and, and Mark have been together. Yeah. Do you want to introduce me to Becky as a teenager? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as a teenager, wow, um, that takes, that really, like even saying that takes me back um, to a whole different me, but also a very, very similar me um, to what I actually have become now, which is crazy. Um, so basically I was quite a... Um, always a very like confident, out there, fun, very positive kind of teenager. I never really went through that kind of sad stage that I think a lot of my friends did. Um, but I was also very immature as a teenager. I, I only really grew up uh, much later. I mean, gosh, I only really started wearing like a bra when I was probably grade nine. Um, so I really was like a little girl when I got to high school. Um, and I think in some way that 
that was great because it allowed me to be a baby or to be young for longer. But in some ways, I also think that was a little bit detrimental to my teenage years because I um, I always kind of, I suppose, felt like I was a little bit behind and I was a little bit like I didn't really understand how my friends or my peers and my kind of age group were feeling. So, for example, um, you know, we hit grade eight and everyone was talking about, you know, their first kiss and kissing boys and things like that. And that's just something that, like, I literally couldn't have thought of anything worse. I was like petrified of boys. Um, so then I think in my own head, I, well, not in my own head, I think within my peer group, I got this kind of reputation of being like really naive and young and like didn't really know what was going on. And I, that kind of stuck with me throughout. So I kind of created this label, I suppose, of myself um, as being like a little bit like behind and I wasn't like kind of, in with what was happening and I didn't really know, um, you know, who was, who's who in the zoo at all the boys schools and stuff like that. So I think that kind of stuck with me. Um, so there was, that was a bit of like up and down. Um, but otherwise, other than that, I was, um, I was very focused on my dancing. Um, all my other friends were very sporty and I was never really into sport. I was always into ballet. Um, and, yeah, then as I grew into kind of an older teenager, where I suppose I kind of caught up with everyone else, um, yeah, I was, I became quite, I think, quite sensitive and quite, um, yeah, just quite worried about like what, what people thought of me and worried about being, I suppose, like almost perfect in every area of my life. Um, and I feel like a lot of teenagers and a lot of us in general in life deal with that. So it's quite an interesting one, actually. Um, and from your side, Katie, I mean, that's a very quick overview. Tell me about you as a teenager. Yeah, Beth, it's so cool. I mean, these are conversations you and I have maybe even had before. And um, how are we having them live? <laughs> um, to um, but um, yeah, I, I think I, I was similar to you in that I went off, um, well, I went into high school also, um, you know, no boobs, no period and the likes um, for, for a good few years. And um, for me, I think what marked sort of my teenage years was that I went off to boarding school, um, so which I know you did too, but, um, well, to another school, I mean. Um, but yeah, so I went off to boarding school and I, I loved, I absolutely loved my school and, and I, I really thrive there. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm again similar to you in that I'm a natural leader and very positive and, and enthusiastic about life. But I also tend to live in my head a lot in a dangerous way. So where you said that you never got sad, I got sad like probably from grade nine onwards. <laughs> Not that you didn't get sad, but you know what I mean, that, that phase. Yeah. And, I have got, not, not still, but I had like piles of journals. I used to write like sad poetry and I used to journal a lot. And I think it does come with leadership. I think leadership um, is very lonely. And, and even at school level, there's, there's something about that. Um, and that, and that people admire you quickly, but they don't necessarily want to be your friend. Um, and so, yeah, so I did have amazing friends. I'm making that sound funny. I had phenomenal friends and boarding more like sisters, um, which was really special. But I, I found high school to be, to be quite hard. And body image-wise, I wasn't too, too worried. Um, I think I was too busy to even be worried. I played a lot of sports. 
um, and the matric level captained a lot of sports teams. So sport was like all afternoon and early mornings. And then at school level, I was in leadership positions and very involved in the Christian side of Tamari. So um, we were, you know, polishing silver and break times. That sounds so funny, but legit were. Um, or setting up the chapel or running SCA or in meetings. I know in my matric year, I had two breaks in my entire year. I only went to break twice in the year. No. Um, which I promise. So I didn't have like a place that I sat, like all my mates sat in a certain place, but they knew I didn't come to break. Yeah. And I was, I was too busy. And then our head girls at Tamari's were also heads at boarding. So you'd then leave school and then take on that next role yeah. um, until you put the girls to bed at like nine at night, um, half past nine, whatever it was. And that would be the first time that, that you'd have space for you. So, so I found high school very lonely, even though I had friends. Yeah. Um, and and I, had, I probably had rock bottom in my first year of RST because of all that. I think I just hadn't processed um, all of that. And I'd got so caught up. And this is where I think I'll go with our chat today. I got so caught up um, in, in how the world saw me. Like I, I wanted to be seen a certain way. And that was what was important to, to me. And, and that's what I worked towards was how I was seen, not how I was experienced or whether I was building into like who I truly am or or what that even means, you know, it was all about like the achievements and the ticking things off and, and go, go, go mentality. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's pretty much me yeah. um, and who I was. And obviously a lot of that's still me. Um, but, but it's such an interesting process looking back and um, yeah, I'm just trying to make sense of it. Yeah. And while we go, the roads we go. No, it's so interesting. And, you know, it's quite funny to to look back at kind of um, your teenage self. It's not something I do very often. I think when I look back at um, my younger self, I often look at my kind of first three years out of school or I look at my um, years at junior school. I don't know why I don't really look at high school. Um, maybe it's just something my brain does. <laughs> but it's crazy that you also say that you were, um, you know, you were kind of like stuck in this, I suppose, unhealthy thing of um, looking at how everyone saw you. And I, I pretty much said the exact same thing. I said that I started to really strive to be perfect in absolutely every single aspect of, um, of my life. And I think that's, it's quite interesting for today's conversation because, um, you know, moving into a new year as we do, you know, every 12 months, etc. I think nowadays it's, unbelievable and you must see this with your kids too um how you know we're always pushed as people to be better learn more grow do more we never we never actually are encouraged to just be like actually i'm so happy with where i am right now why don't i just enjoy it why do i have to do more you know mm-hmm. um and i think um you know it's interesting that we both said that because i think so many people whether they were they are in high school whether they are in you know old age whatever phase you're at in your life i think this this kind of notion that has this underpinning of you're never quite good enough is always there and it's it's quite an interesting one i think that needs to kind of be shed yeah no i hear you and i think i mean that that was everything for me when i had probably first year varsity and I just I had no idea like who I was if I wasn't being good at things 
Um, so I know you use the word perfect. I'm always like shy away from that word because I'm the furthest thing from a perfectionist, even though often people think I would be because I'm so A-type. Um, I'm like super big picture. So I don't, um, I, don't, like, I don't think I'm ever a perfectionist. But at the same time, it's that same idea of striving, that constant like, exhaustion Mm. Um, I've just never been good enough and, and I, as you say I mean with kids I see it with my kids now and just in the way I'm parenting them and, and trying to get them to, to live here now and, and to be in the now and for us to allow them to be in the now and not to say like well she should be swimming by three why is she not yeah. um, and those questions because that's the core of it you know is that pressure to be more and to keep going which at the same time I think there's a personality element in this I don't think every person's like this and, and in the work that I do, I've definitely seen a range of personalities and not everyone has that natural like strive and, it, you know, exhaust yourself kind of mentality, but, but it needs to benefit us. It needs to serve us. And if it's not, I think it's, it's good to actually address that. Yeah. So yeah, I love, I love what you've said. Nice. Um, if Beck, if you could look back now or looking back now, I suppose, yeah. um, what do you wish that you could tell that? That Rebecca, ballet dancer, high school girl. Uh, looking back now, wow. Um, I think one of the biggest things that um, I would tell myself, because I struggled a lot with anxiety at school, um, and I, I don't think I really knew it was anxiety, but now knowing what anxiety is, I definitely struggled with it. And I think what I would do is I would just, I would just tell myself that everything is going to be okay. And... Mm. You know, you don't have to try control absolutely everything around you. You don't have to know what's going to happen to you in a year's time, in a week's time, in a day's time sometimes, you know. Um, everything will be fine. And I think sometimes just having that little bit of faith is really important. Um, I think that's the most important one. I think the other thing I would, I would definitely tell myself is that... Um, you know, sometimes you just need to let, just kind of just be kind to yourself and just be like, actually, today's not going to be the same as yesterday and tomorrow might not be the same as the next day and you're going to feel different every single day um, and you just got to kind of meet yourself where you're at and just, just be in the moment and just let things play out rather than kind of beating yourself up about feeling tired or not doing well in that test or whatever it might be. Yeah, I love those. I mean, we haven't looked at each other's notes and yet no. different parts of the world, um, but mine would be so similar. So um, I think for me, the biggest thing I know, I mean, it's like a, a real buzzword at the moment that's saying I'm enough. Um, but that's, that's so, that would be so hectic on my mind in terms of, of what I'd love to tell my teenage self would be that just that you are enough. Um, and, and to almost like in being kind to yourself, exactly what you said, to allow yourself to just journey with yourself, like become more of you, not more of what you think the world needs of you or expects of you or demands of you, um, but, but really start looking inwards because, yeah, I think for me, I've, I've only discovered this whole, this whole idea of that self-esteem is built in your head and not in your body or achievements. I've only discovered that in the last, like, say, 10 years maybe not even, maybe six years. Um, and I think that would be a beautiful message to definitely tell my own teenage self, but for every teenager to walk in, just to know that, that your self-esteem and the way you see yourself, the way you see the world and how you're going to 
operate in that is, is 100% what goes on inside your head and not but the way your body looks or, you know, how many, whatever degrees you have on the wall or whatever it is. And um, it's, it's all about what thoughts you allow to linger, what thoughts you build on, um, and, and basically, yeah, the conversations that you have with yourself. Yeah, it's hectic. I like get all, like, emotional. <laughs> I know, it's crazy because it's, it's, such a, um, it's such a vulnerable time in your life, I think, when you're that age, you know, and you don't realize it because you've, you've only ever lived in this body that was this young, carefree, um, you know, energetic kind of little human being, and then suddenly you are a different person and you suddenly got like hormones and you, it's other things start to matter, you know, and then suddenly you just like wake up one day and you feel different. And um, it's quite, I think it's quite intense, quite a shock when you look back. Yeah. I see like a, um, a potential company opening up here <laughs> with what you're saying. I, like I literally, like when you said that I can go back to grade nine and I can tell you like four stories off the top of my head of things that happened in that exact shift yeah. of going from, um, from just like immature child to suddenly not. And, and the certain messages that you get and the things that stand out for you, it's amazing. Like I don't remember much from grade 10, but from grade 11, but grade nine, big time. Yeah. And it's, it's such a defining stage that shift into, I suppose, a woman um, and, and how you relate to yourself or accept yourself in that season. Yeah. Um, and that's the life then, hey, I mean, what you build then sticks. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I think 100%. Mm. So, mm. so much of what I think happens to us, you know, leading up to now um, is, is, is so, so influenced by that. And I, you know what's quite interesting? It's really, it's really funny, but after going through this kind of whole like well-being journey um, that I've been through personally, and I think everyone sort of goes through it in some way or form in their life, um, but for me, going through that, I've really started to see myself kind of going back to my old, young, childlike self quite often. Like certain things when I was young that I really enjoyed or used to find funny or humorous um, or, or kind of like used to be interested in, I suddenly am more interested in now or find funny now. Whereas when I was a teenager, I kind of lost that sense of self a little bit, I think. Um, and I think it's quite interesting because what's amazing, and that's why I find old people so incredible, is that you end up being this person, I think, taking like all the little segments of your life, you know, and they all add up into this one amazing human one day. Um, and it's just amazing how that changes over the years. Um, yeah, I totally hear you. I've even felt like that with my career. Like I don't understand certain things at certain times, but as time goes on, I'm like, oh my word, I can't believe how this is all coming together and just like making sense for now. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's really, mm. it's really mm. That's that whole kind of everything happens for a reason, which some people hate that saying, but I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I totally believe it too. I, I don't think anything's a coincidence or, or even a mistake or a regret, you know, it needed to happen for you to learn whatever we did. Yeah. Um, mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, I mean, now that we've kind of got into the space of really reflecting on our own lives, I guess, I think it's quite cool to take that into kind of the here and the now and start to talk about, you know, closing the year and how important it actually is to 
reflect on your year and, you know, close it properly and nicely and kindly and what have you. Um, and I know like at this time of year, it's so stressful, as we just said at the start of the podcast, and it's rare that we can even find much time to do that. Um, but, you know, Katie, if you had to give our listeners kind of, you know, one or two tips um, going into the last month of the year, what are some things that maybe they can do to really help themselves um, just, you know, close, close 2019 in the best possible way? Hmm. Cool. I think for me, I think the first one, and I mentioned it earlier in terms of the advice I'd give my teenage self, um, but it's just to watch your self-talk. So self-talk being your internal narrative, so the language that you speak inside your head, um, which is not like German or French, just the lingo that you use, the types of words you use with yourself. Um, I think this time of year, a lot of us are tired and we start to get critical of ourselves. We start reflecting on the year and then being overly critical um, rather than celebrating the good, acknowledging the bad and, and sort of reassessing um, rather than rather than writing it off and, and just assuming that it was terrible and that we're a terrible person. So I think, yeah, especially those, I mean, here in South Africa, those that are going into summer now, um, don't believe that a body or a certain body is going to give you the confidence to walk across the beach. I promise there are plenty of girls sitting here listening to this with abs that still, you know, don't have the confidence to walk across the beach. So so really watch that language in your head. And, and I think as we watch it and as we change it and we we take stock of, of the words that we use with ourselves and we start to sort of develop a kinder language, we, we immediately, and I see it with clients all the time, we immediately notice the effect on, on our body image, on the way we see ourselves, on our relationships, on how much more present we are because we're not lost in our heads judging everyone and ourselves. Um, yeah, so that would be my first thing, would be just watch yourself talk and, and really be kind to yourself in your head. Um, and then the second one, this is a funny one, but... For those that are heading home to family this holiday, now for some people that immediately is like, oh, so exciting, I can't wait to see my family. And for others, it's like, oh my word, worst time of my year, have to do it. I do love them, but oh my goodness, and so on. It's so easy when we go back home, especially those that live away from home. When you go back home, it's so easy to go back into child mode or teenage mode and to become the child in the home. And this, I mean, sometimes feels beneficial. It's lovely to have someone doing your laundry and cooking your food. Um, but unfortunately, our brains are wired in a certain way that all the habits that you had back then are likely to come flooding back in as you take on that mentality as well. And the way that you treat yourself, the way that you treat others, the respect that you have for your partner, and um, all of those things, when you go into child mode, you will start acting like a child. So, yeah, I think it's just, um, it's just sort of a mindset that we need to have that when we go home, just acknowledge who you are, acknowledge the stage of life you're in, embrace whatever it is that, that home brings that's great, and then put boundaries in place as well to protect yourself in this time so that it can be lovely and you can leave saying how amazing, you know, to have had great family time, but, but not to have felt damaged or that you let yourself go or that you went into a conversation you wish you hadn't allowed yourself, you know, to go there. So, yeah, I think those boundaries are, are really important for family time. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, I think that's the, the advice I'd have, Beck. What, what advice do you have um, as you approach the holidays or, or words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, um, so I think going back to, you know, what I said earlier, I think I'd like to go back to that again and just say that, um, you know, 
doing more and being more and this constant kind of um, culture that we live in of always, you know, never really just sitting in where exactly where you are right now. Um, I mean, obviously with what I do, I'm, I work a lot in mindfulness um, in kind of the whole, the whole idea of really experiencing your body and bringing yourself back to, to where you are now in order to kind of um, combat anxiety and all that sort of stuff. Um, and for me, I've seen so many amazing things happen within myself, within my clients, when you really, or one really learns to just, just stop, just don't let, don't let yourself get into that, that stage of, um, you know, okay, great. So my year's over now. I mean, I haven't done all my new year's resolutions. So what can I do in the next month to like get that done? You know, how can I get myself to the gym and like make sure I'm, you know, pounding the pavement or doing whatever so that I've really reach that goal or how can I make sure that I'm, I do this, this and this at work so that I've ticked those boxes, etc. you know? And I think, I think we do get into that. And I think it gets even worse when we get to January because we're like, what are my new year's resolutions? What am I going to do this year? Da, 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 da. And I think, I think sometimes we just have to be like, great. I am where I am. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, yes. I met some of my goals this year. No, maybe I didn't meet others, um, you know, things like that. Just, just be, just let it be and enjoy it. Enjoy where you are. Enjoy your phase of life. Um, you know, you're never going to get this moment that right here, right now, back ever again. Um, you know, your kids will never be the age that they are right now. And you will never be in this exact, you know, place, wherever you might be, whether it's good, whether it's bad you'll never be there again. So just, just enjoy it, you know, really, really help yourself enjoy it. And if you struggle to do that, then try find some tools maybe that can help you. Um, you know, things like, I mean, from my side, things like yoga and meditation and things like that really help, but that's not, that's not all of it. Maybe it's, you know, for you, Katie, maybe it's diving in the sea or um, going for a run, you know, it's just find, find that thing for you that can just make you really get back to where you are and enjoy it. So that's number one. Um, and then number two, I would say is, um, you know, moving into a new year and, and kind of shifting, there's always that new energy and that new, um, you know, exciting kind of time where you, you kind of let go of the old and move into the new. And I think, um, I think what's, what's really cool about that is that we can, we can start to focus on the new and I think when I say new, I don't mean New Year's resolutions. I don't mean necessarily goals, but maybe it's just like, you know, if you think of it as what is a new feeling that I want to feel this year? Or what is a new, um, you know, place that I want to see this year? So I think sometimes new doesn't have to be like goal driven or um, ticking boxes, et cetera. Sometimes new just means different. Um, and I think try keep that exciting for yourself. Keep it fresh. Keep it keep it cool, you know, don't, don't put pressure on your, your little things that you put in place for the new year. So that would be, that would be my two things. Um, I hope those make sense. And yeah. I love that Beck. It's so funny because I've, I've just um, produced this workbook that I was telling you about. That's this declutter and realign for 2020. Um, and it's, it's very much what you've been saying now, but one of the activities is a vision board at the end. And it's so cool because it's exactly what you were saying. It's exactly how I 
approach the new year and how I like to. Um, and I even did a, a podcast on this last week, but saying that even though everyone thinks I'm this big like goal setter, I actually don't set many goals. Um, I, I like the idea exactly what you said of saying like next year, I want to see these four places and I want us to try and, you know, make more time for, for our friends and dinner parties or, you know, like we want to have these people around or um, before I turned 30, I had this list 30 before 30 that I did between the year of turning 29 and 30. And it was all those things. It wasn't like crazy goals. It was like go to Clarence or go hot air ballooning or, you know, it, it just made the year so much fun and um, to not have things that were pressure. I mean, some elements were like getting to headstand on my own <laughs> was pressure, <laughs> but, but more fun and more just like investing in you and, and a full and happy life. Um, and I think that's such a blessing, you know, to be able to take the focus off striving and off pressure and, and really just make life full and meaningful and, and impactful yeah. um, if possible. 100%. And then also, like, maybe you're a person who doesn't, you don't, you're not really into setting um, resolutions and goals at the beginning of the year. And that's totally fine. Don't feel yeah. guilty for not doing that because you don't have to do that. No, I love it. Cool. Any final words? Um, nothing crazy. Just whoever's listening, I hope you guys um, have an amazing holiday. I hope that um, it's festive and fun and you get to spend really quality time with your family and friends. And yeah, thank you for all your support over the year. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree a hundred percent. It's been so cool. I know we both launched our podcast at like the same time and it's been such a fun, a fun journey. Completely different platform, but fun. Absolutely. So fun. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Big. Thanks, Katie. Cheers. Bye. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Hope you're having a stunning, stunning week. And yeah, thanks again for tuning in.